You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is highlights from our weekly service. Good evening, and welcome to Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. If I'm honest, it feels a little strange welcoming you to church, sitting here in my living room. One of the things that struck me the very first time I visited Northern Lights was that sense of Christian community, similar to what I imagine was present in those early years after Jesus' death and resurrection, that sense of solidarity, love, and above all, that joy. So, we are meeting as Christ's Church. With the help of some modern technology, we are spiritually together. And so, for me, the Church really should be based on the cross. The horizontal bar made up of diverse people from different backgrounds, cultures, experiences and sexuality. Young, old, married, single, widowed and divorced, all united by the love of Christ, our vertical being. The one who calls us and forms us as one body, one family in him. And so as Northern Lights family, you were very welcome. Tonight's reading shows a God who was caught up in our lives, a God who brings life even from death. As we come to the close of a week of change and uncertainty, let us turn to God, our Creator, our Saviour and our Friend. Let us pray. Creator God, the love of your Son led him to the suffering of the cross so that all who believe in him may glory in new life. Change our selfishness into self-giving. Help us to embrace the world you have given us, that we might transform the darkness into the light and joy of Easter. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In our first reading, the exile of the people to Babylon is described in terms of death, and their return home is described in terms of resurrection and a spirit of renewal. A reading from Ezekiel, chapter 37, verses 12 to 14. Therefore, prophecy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. 
This is the word of the Lord. Our Gospel reading is read by Kelly and it shows us Jesus' grief for his friend. But it also reveals the healing power of God that not even death can overcome. Let us listen. A reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 1 to 45. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, A short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but the disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. My friends, would you please pray with me and for me? 
loving God, we ask you to send the gift of your spirit. Guide me in giving the message that you wish me to give. And may each and every person listening hear the words that you wish to speak to them. For we seek to do not our will, but yours. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Ever since I was a little boy, I've loved water. Whether it's the sea, rivers, lakes, even the bath. There's something about water that seems to resonate deep within me. I brought a bowl of water for today. Of course, water has a special significance within the Christian church. Have you ever realised that we aren't born Christians? We have to choose it. And for most of us, that was, that was made by our parents at our baptism. But for some, we choose it as adults. And whether we choose it as a child, or it was chosen for us, or as an adult, there comes a point in our life where we have to make a conscious choice to follow Christ. Have you ever asked yourself, why do we use water? You might say, well, that's obvious. John the Baptist, he baptised, he was in the river, and that's true. For the Jews, cleanliness was very important, and the ritual of cleaning oneself became part of their whole expression of their faith in God. And when John was calling people to come back to God, to repent of their sins, it seemed obvious that they would use water as a way of washing away their sins, the mistakes of the past, and coming out clean and fresh, they would begin a new relationship. And certainly that was Jesus' experience. He went to John and was baptised. Although it became even more significant because it was at that moment that God chose to confirm Jesus as his beloved son on whom his favour rested and the Holy Spirit descended upon him. Our baptism is different from the one Jesus experienced because ours is taking into account and also making a reality in our lives Jesus' death and resurrection. Again, why do we use water? Well, all life came from water. The very beginnings of creation, we hear how God's Spirit hovered over the waters and then God spoke. We hear how life began in the oceans and then came onto the land and over evolution formed into animals and plants. Water is the symbol of life. We can't live for very many days without it. In fact, 
were made up mostly of water. A child in the womb is surrounded, if not by water, we associate it. Our mother's water breaks just before the baby comes. For me, I like to think of the water that we use when it comes to baptism as being the symbol not just of life, but of love. The early Christians would celebrate someone coming into faith, becoming a Christian, by coming after many, many years of preparation to the river's edge, surrounded by the whole community, and particularly the people who would journeyed with them. They would strip naked, walk into the waters and die. Their old self would be gone forever and then would come up a new creation, a new person in Christ. And they would be wrapped in new white clothes, given a new name and begin a whole new life. The name baptism the very word means immersed. So we could say the Titanic was baptised into the ocean. We are baptised into life, into the love of God. I'm going to take a stone. It's a special stone for me. It's one that my son gave me. Um, I'm going to put it into the water. And we could say that that stone is us, are we are placed in God's love. If we take it out, give it a squeeze, there's no water inside. So we're in God's love, but God's love is not in us. And I'm sure you'll agree that there are sadly many Christians in the world that would profess knowing God knowing the scriptures and yet because of their words and their actions we know there is no love in their hearts. In today's first reading we hear God speak to a people that forgot his ways. Jerusalem had been a metropolis filled with different cultures, different peoples, different traditions and the Jewish people, God's own people, forgot their promise to God. They worshipped other gods. They followed other traditions, other cultures, married other, other tribes. And Jerusalem became this bustling city, a mix of all these other faiths and religions and practices. And then they were taken over and the people taken to Babylon. God, through Ezekiel, speaks to them, almost as, as if they were a dead body, empty of love. I will raise your broken bones, and I will take out your hearts of stone and give you hearts of love instead. He is forgiving their misdeeds. He is calling them back to life, back to himself back to that relationship he formed through Moses in the wilderness. If we were to replace the, the stone with a sponge, I'll put it into the water. 
we all know but when we bring it out the sponge is in the water but the water is also in the sponge can you imagine the vocation of a Christian to be saturated absolutely saturated with God's love for it to pour from our every pore, if you pardon the pun. In today's gospel, we hear how Jesus, bereft, goes to visit Martha and Mary and his friend who's dead. And he calls Lazarus from the tomb. Is that a type of baptism? The type that we've just been speaking about, how we enter into death and then rise with Christ to new life. The answer is no. Lazarus would live his life as he had before. He would eventually grow old and he would die. What today's gospel shows us really is the power of Christ, the power of God even in those most darkest moments, to heal, to recreate, to bring life. But the life he wishes to offer is even greater. The life he offers us through baptism is a one that never ends, a one that never dies, because Jesus has done it for us. He has entered into the darkest realms of life. Betrayal, hurt, rejection, abuse, finally death. Only to transform it into a new life. And that's what we're invited to do. These next weeks, as we journey with Jesus in the wilderness, as we walk with him through his passion, and his death. And then as we come together as Christians around the world to celebrate his resurrection, is to remember the life he offers us through baptism, to be a people who know his love so much, to rejoice in it, that it becomes the very part of who we are, what we are. And it saturates us and pause out from us. There's a tradition that's continued in some Christian churches. The person to be baptised, the person to walk down the riverbank and into the waters to die and then to rise with Christ, would be anointed over their hearts. And originally the meaning of the anointing was to give the person courage and strength for this special journey and then for them to have courage throughout their lives. I prefer to think of it as preparing the heart to change from stone to becoming a sponge, to be open, open to the love that God is offering us. I know there were a few in our church who were preparing to be baptised this Easter. I'm sorry for the 
disappointment and not being able to share such a special thing with you in a few weeks time. But know that very soon, once the coronavirus has come to an end and we resume our lives, that those, those baptisms will take place. But for now, so I was preparing for baptism and every one of us, let's ask God to touch our hearts, to give us a spiritual renewal, a spiritual anointing. And in fact, if you would like to, if you open your hands in a prayerful way, let's pray for a spiritual anointing over our hearts, that they become a place saturated with God's love so that his will, his love, his mercy flows out through our words and our actions. Holy Spirit, touch each of our hearts. You know the wounds they carry, the scars wound us from a lifetime of giving. Heal us. May our hearts become a sanctuary for your presence. Fill us with your love. May it begin in beautiful, small, gentle ways to bubble and to grow and to saturate us. Saturate us with your love. Amen. The response to tonight's intercessions when I say Loving God, the response is, pour your spirit upon us. Let us pray. Abba, we ask to feel your presence in our times of disconnect and separation. Our usual activities are disrupted. Please help us to adjust to new situations. May we be strengthened in your love. Loving God, Pour your spirit upon us. Awesome God, we throw up our arms in praise for the innovation and cooperation and connection that are in abundance and that have been unveiled by this terrible panic pandemic. They have long been there, but we ask you to inspire us with generosity of spirit that we may do more of your work in our communities in person and online. Loving God, pour your spirit upon us. God, we're scared. We don't always know what to do or how to help. We're worried for our own health and the health of our friends, family and community. We don't do well with uncertainty. Some of us are more scared than others. Comfort us. Loving God, pour your spirit upon us.
This system's change has revealed our fragility and raised more awareness of the vulnerability that the marginalised, the poor, the sick and the disabled were all too well aware of. This virus may not know borders, genders, sexualities, disabilities or race, but we know that our human responses are limited and often biased. We call on the Holy Spirit to guide our decision makers and communities that we may seek to avoid compounding existing hardship and that we seek to reshape our societies to honour our most vulnerable members. Loving God, pour your spirit upon us. Mother God, we pray for all our MCC churches across the world and all Christians and people of faith and none. But we particularly lift up to you the community in Italy, Il Ilkeccio, who are doing your work in one of the regions most badly affected by COVID-19. Bless them and care for them as they care for each other. Loving God, pour your spirit upon us. Healing God, please care for all those involved in care work, social work, public health, and those delivering key services such as sanitation and food delivery, who are working so hard to keep us all going. Let them rest and protect them as they work to protect us. Loving God, pour your spirit upon us. Jesus, Help us to remember that the world keeps going beyond our experiences. We pray for our siblings in Latin America who are affected by dengue fever at this time. May they get the resources they need to tackle this illness safely, quickly and sustainably. Loving God, pour your spirit upon us. You gave us stewardship on earth. Help us to live into this responsibility and care for the planet. As the climate crisis deepens, may we listen to the voices of wisdom and take action with generosity and hope. Loving God, pour your spirit upon us. Tonight, I will light the HIV AIDS and Tonight, I will light the HIV and AIDS candle. We pray, as we do every week, for those living with and affected by HIV and AIDS, and those involved in caring for them. We remember those who have died, that disproportionately affected the gay community, and our church lost so many pastors, congregants and friends. We pray that life-saving and life-sustaining medication may be made available to all who need it. Loving God, Pour your spirit upon us. Father, we lift up to you the prayers written in our prayer book and those in our hearts. We hold up those who have died, those who are known to us, and those known only to you. We pray for our community and those who are ill in mind, body and spirit. Loving God, pour your spirit upon us.
please join with me in saying the Lord's Prayer. You can say the words on the screen, or the words that you know best, be that in your own language, be that Arabic, French, be that the traditional English or, or a more modern version. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. Let's say together the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Go with the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about what we do, you can find us on social media or visit our website, northernlightsmcc.org.uk.